Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the waves, the release, and the cuts are in. Who made it? Who didn't make it? That plus a whole lot more comes up on Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for August 30th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Your win is a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you. Without you, the show would not be as big as it is. It's grown in a major way on YouTube, and that's all because of you, Raider Nation. So we definitely appreciate you. Also, my man Ari's had a lot to do with that as well. He makes sure we're up on YouTube each and every day. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be there. So many thanks to my man Ari. Does a great job. Job, at Ari Produces. You can hit him up on Twitter if you want. You can also hit me up on Twitter if you want at your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. All three of those different methods are ways that you can get your message or your thoughts in on the show each and every day. Of course, in segment number three, we got your calls and texts coming up on the show. In segment number two, we're going to take a look back at GM Dave Ziegler and his first draft with the Silver and Black back in 2022 and kind of reassess it reevaluate it, especially after some of the moves that were made on Tuesday. And I'll tell you right now, his first draft class wasn't so hot. But we'll talk all about that coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day. Of course, we'll go over who was released on Tuesday officially. That 1 p.m. deadline came and went. We didn't get the official list for quite a while, but we got it. We'll talk about it, and we'll do it after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is LinkedIn Jobs. It helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Of course, I'll tell you a lot more about them later on the show. But let's go ahead and go into it right now. Uh, the Raiders finally released their their uh, waves, the guys that they were waving, releasing, putting on IR, whatever the case may be. And a lot of people said, well, what's the difference, Q? between getting waived and being released. If you're waived, that means that you've got to clear through waivers before you can sign with another team or you can sign with the Raiders practice squad. So you haven't been in the league long enough to just be flat-out released. If a guy that's a, a, a longtime veteran can be released and then sign with another team. But guys that are waived, they actually have to go through waivers, and there's an there's a order, right? So the, way, the Raiders are seventh on the waiver wire order. So if, if the Raiders want to sign a guy that was waived and a team that's sitting there at number five or number six or number four, whatever the case may be, wants that same guy, the team that's before the Raiders will get awarded that player. So uh, to go through waivers is when you're a younger player and you haven't had that time in the league. When you get flat-out released, that means you can sign with any team you want as soon as you want. And then, of course, IR guys, if they didn't make the 53-man roster, which none of the IR guys that I've talked about, uh, they they are out for the season. So uh, we'll get into that right now. So let's go ahead and jump through it and go through it kind of quickly. Waived the following players, according to the Raiders' release. David Agoha, he's the international player. He's part of the Pathway program. He's a guy that I expected to get waived, and he's a guy that I expect to see him be put on the Raiders' practice squad, and he won't count against a 16-man practice squad. So it only makes all the sense in the world to have him. So that was not a surprise to see him on the wave list. So David Agoha was officially waived. Now, this is where it gets a little freaky, right? Matthew Butler. Defensive tackle, a guy that was drafted out of Tennessee just a year ago. Remember, I'm going to talk about Dave Ziegler and his draft class for 2022. Drafted just a year ago, 
waived. McClendon Curtis, the undrafted free agent guard out of Tennessee Chattanooga, waived. Tied in Cole Furthenham. Uh, he was waived, right? He's a guy that uh, I thought had an opportunity to get that tight end spot uh, outside of Austin Hooper. I didn't think that Austin Hooper really did a whole lot in training camp in preseason, so I thought that uh, Furthenham could get it, but he didn't. He was waived, so he's out there. Jaden Grant, the safety, was waived. Tyler Hall, the cornerback, he was waived. And I know he didn't really do a lot during training camp and preseason, but he was a guy that had a lot of high expectations going into uh, training camp and preseason. A guy that came on kind of late for the Raiders. He was put added to the roster in 2022 late for the Raiders and actually played pretty well. So I thought he was going to compete for that slot position. He was waived on Tuesday. Azizi Hearn, the cornerback, no surprise there. He was waived. Uh, Maiga, or Maoga, uh, he was the linebacker out of so- Southern Cal. He was waived. Uh, Sincere McCormick, McCormick, the running back out of uh, UTSA, he was waived. Uh, Natani Mute, the guard out of Fresno State, he was waived. Adam Plant, defensive end out of UNLV, he was waived. John Sh- John Samuel Shanker, the tight end, also was waived. Uh, George Tarlis, defensive end out of Boise State, waived. Drake Thomas, the linebacker. I know he's a smaller dude, 5'11", 223 pounds out of NC State. He was the guy that a lot of people were talking pretty highly about. Only problem is that he's smaller. And if you heard the show on Tuesday, you heard the clip that I played from Matt Millen from the pregame show, and that's one of the concerns he had was with the linebacking crew in general when it comes to the Raiders, that they were pretty thin. Or as he said it, they need a little bit of uh, lead in their drawers. So Drake Thomas is one of those guys. He was waived. He's a guy that I expect the Raiders to try to put on the practice squad as long as he clears waivers. And Sam Webb. The undrafted free agent cornerback that uh, made the 53-man roster a year ago. The Raiders added a lot of players in that cornerback room, so that made Sam Webb expendable. Uh, he was a guy that I kept off my 53-man roster on Tuesday. I just thought that you know there was more talent in the room than they had a year ago, and that's why he wasn't going to make the team, so he ends up getting waived. Uh, also, uh, the Raiders released a handful of players, including Alex Bars. A guard who played a lot of uh, a lot of football for the Raiders in 2022, helping Josh Jacobs uh, lead the league in rushing. Alex Gar- Alex Bars was released. Keelan Cole, wide receiver that had the big catch against the Patriots uh, in Week 15 of 2022, uh, that helped tie the game up, and he he showed up here and there. Looked like he had a pretty good relationship with Aiden O'Connell. He was waived, but. Similar to the cornerback room, the wide receiver room was really thick. So no big surprise that a guy like Keelan Cole, another guy that I kept off my 53-man roster, was not added to uh, the, the this 53-man roster. Philip Dorsett also was released on Tuesday by the Silver and Black. And I think Philip Dorsett just became a victim of there's too many guys that are similar to him. And they're younger and they're cheaper, like uh, DeAndre Carter and Trey Tucker. They're very similar to Philip Dorsett. They all have speed. The only difference is DeAndre Carter and Trey Tucker also provide a lot in the kick return game and punt return game. So special teams is where they, uh, you know, they butter their bread as well, and that's where Philip Dorsett does not. So him getting flat out released was not a surprise. Uh, if you remember, I kept him off my 53-man roster. Uh, as far as offensive line goes, Hironis Grasso, the center, he was uh, released. Uh, Jaquan Johnson, safety, he was released. Isaac Rochelle, the defensive end, was released. Duke Shelley, the cornerback. Cam Sims, that was one that surprised me. I thought his size at six foot five would really help him stick around the team. Thought he was going to be able to bring a nice element to the team where he can go up there and high point the ball and uh, got a guy that can also block downfield. You can put him in special teams as well. Thought Cam Sims had a had a good uh, good track on getting on the fifty three man roster. Instead, the Raiders release him. 
Damian Williams, the running back, he was released. I kind of thought that that was a long shot that he was going to make it. Uh, they ended up keeping Brandon Bolton. So uh, Damian Williams, even though he did well in preseason game number three against the Cowboys, it wasn't enough. And it was kind of, like I said, it was a long shot. Uh, they brought him in later in camp. He was really just a guy to get through the, the end of camp and, and show a little something in that Cowboys game. And he did. But the way he was out there playing uh, made me think that maybe there's a shot that he makes the roster, but he did not. So he gets released. And then Jordan Willis, the defensive end out of K-State, he gets released as well on Tuesday. Then they placed Dalton Wagner, the tackle, uh, the undrafted free agent out of Arkansas. They put him on IR. His season is over. I know he's a guy that the Raiders were interested in. They liked him a lot. I know that they liked uh, McClendon Curtis a lot as well. But uh, McClendon was waived, and then uh, Wagner was put on IR. So maybe Wagner has an opportunity to come back next year and compete along that offensive line. And I'm sure that they're looking at McClendon Curtis and hoping that he can clear waivers and get through the, uh, you know, and get put onto the practice squad as well. But again, uh, anyone out there could look at him and say, okay, you know what? We want that guy. And so they don't give the Raiders an opportunity to put him on the practice squad. And then on top of that, Neil Farrell Jr., and this was announced early on Tuesday, he was traded to division rival Kansas City. Remember, Neil Farrell Jr. is a former fourth-round pick. He was traded to Kansas City for a sixth-round pick. So Matthew Butler and Neil Farrell Jr., two defensive tackles that were drafted last year by Dave Ziegler, both now no longer on the team. So that's definitely not the look that they were going for. And again, we'll talk about that coming up in segment number two. Uh, if you notice, Amik Robertson, he made the team. I didn't go against him this year. I said I wasn't going to do it because he keeps proving me wrong. But he did put out a tweet that a lot of people think he was sending to me, and he might have been. And if he did, that's okay too. He said, media people trying to paint a picture of me, it never lasts too long. So I had a person uh, call in. This guy named Quick is a good dude. Uh, he called in on, on Tuesday on my radio show and said, I think Amik Robertson was sending a message to you on, on Twitter talking about media people trying to paint a picture of him. And uh, maybe he was, maybe he won't. I know I'll talk to him in the locker room at some point, but Amik Robertson did make the 53-man roster. Real quick as we wrap up segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast, some of these guys that made the roster decided they wanted to change their numbers. So what numbers are they now? Now Ja'Korian Bennett, instead of being number 29, is number zero. So, uh, yeah, they had uh, they had no number zero, not a single-digit zero. They had a double zero, obviously. Uh, the great Jim Otto uh, was a double zero for the Raiders, but never a single zero. And that's what Ja'Korian Bennett is, the rookie cornerback out of Maryland. Trey Tucker is now number 14. Chris Smith. The, uh, the the rookie safety out of Georgia, he goes from being number 42 to taking Ja'Korian Bennett's number. Now he's in there at number 29. Tight end Austin Hooper is now 81. And Nesta Jade Silvera, shout out to him, the seventh round pick. He made the team. He is now number 99. So there you go. There's a few little uh, jersey number updates. And that, that number zero out there for Ja'Korian Bennett's going to look pretty cool. Marcus Epps is already number one. So you got a safety at one. You got Ja'Korian Bennett at zero. I think that'll be a pretty good little look. I'm not mad at that at all. Of course, uh, Tyree Wilson is number nine. Uh, Josh Jacobs is now number eight. So there's a little bit of shuffling when it comes to Raiders and their jerseys. Final little nugget I have for you for segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast, kind of news and notes of the day. I haven't heard this whole episode of the podcast, but Josh McDaniels was on Bussing with the Boys, and that's with Taylor Dewan and, and Will Compton. They do a really good job, and, you know, Will Compton spent some time with the Silver and Black, so, you know, he's kind of got that in with them where he's able to talk to these guys on a different level. Here's just a 45-little-second soundbite of Josh McDaniels really taking accountability for the struggles that the Raiders had in 2022. Check it out. Last year, like, you brought up the 59 minutes of the game. Like, it felt like the boys always played solid. 
mm-hmm. until that fourth quarter, until later yeah. in the game, and just a play or two that matter. Yeah, we 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 have to we have to get better at that. That's not just a that's a that's a everybody. You know, coaching, playing, situational awareness. Um, we had leads, and we got to learn how to close. You know what I mean? It's like being ahead in a boxing match. And instead of being content and saying, hey, let's just win it on points, you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's go knock the guy out, you know? And so, you know, if we get in that situation again this year, hopefully we'll have a, a better idea of what we need to do to keep playing the way we're playing because that's mm-hmm. how we got the lead. And so we just didn't, we didn't quite establish that last year. And that's that's my fault. So we have to do a better job. No doubt about it. So there you go. That was just a little 45-second clip of Josh McDaniels talking with Will Compton and Taylor Luan busting with the boys. And I believe the podcast is actually out officially right now, so you can go check it out. He talks about uh, the situation with the Colts. He obviously talks about the Raiders last year, talks about moving forward. I haven't got a chance to check it out. By the end of the weekend, though, I'll definitely check it out and and, and maybe have some takeaways for it on Monday's show. But uh, if you want to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels in a different type of setting instead of a media session-type setting, Check out the episode of Bustin' with the Boys, the podcast. It is out now. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. News and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, I've talked about it a little bit already, hinted at it a little bit already. Got to take a look at GM Dave Ziegler's 2022 draft class. We've talked about a few of the moves, but we'll talk about the whole draft class coming up in segment number two after I tell you about LinkedIn jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you got to do is create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality quality hires versus leading competitors. Right now, all you got to do is uh, check out LinkedIn jobs. They'll help you find that qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. All you got to do is post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to take a look back at GM Dave Ziegler's 2022 draft class. That was the first draft class he had with the silver and black. And before we get into it and start kind of breaking it down and talking about it, as we've already talked about a few of the moves that were made on Tuesday when the Raiders were going through their roster cutdowns, Remember, he had no first-round pick or no second-round pick because of the trade for Devontae Adams, which I still love that move for Devontae Adams. I would do that move right now again. I know some people say that, oh, maybe they shouldn't have since they only won six games, but I'm with it. I have no problem with them making that move, giving up the first-round pick and the second-round pick for Devontae. I just think that he's such a great wide receiver, and the Raiders hadn't had that for a very long time, so they gave themselves a chance. Of course, it didn't work out as far as win-losses go, but they have a dynamic player, uh, an absolute monster when it comes to the wide receiver in Devontae Adams, so I'm okay with that, especially after some of the moves that were made on Tuesday for looking at the Raiders draft class from 2022. Uh, Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's an okay thing that they didn't have a first-round pick or a second-round pick. But let's go ahead and take a look back. We always talk about draft class and say that, you know, you can't judge a class for about three or four years. I think you're starting to get an idea of this Raiders draft class. Let's go through it really quick. Again, no first or second-round pick. The first pick that that Dave Ziegler had was in round three, number 90th overall, offensive lineman Dylan Parham. 
All right, that was the third round pick. Fourth round pick, running back Samir White, number 122 overall. Then in the fourth round as well, defensive tackle Neil Farrell Jr., 126 overall. In the fifth round, defensive tackle Matthew Butler, 175 overall. Seventh round, offensive lineman Thayer Munford, number 238 overall. And running back Britton Brown in the seventh round, 250th overall. So what's happened since they made those picks? Third round pick, Dylan Parham, really good pick. He's a guy that's versatile. He slid into the left guard spot. He could play the center position. He could play the right guard spot. Like, he is that guy. And I'm hoping that he's going to be healthy and ready to go for week one. I'm sure he will. But I think he sustained that uh, that head injury against the 49ers, that preseason game number one, and we haven't seen him back. Now, we'll talk to head coach Josh McDaniels a little bit later on this morning around 11 o'clock at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. So we'll see if maybe there's an update on Dylan Parham and he's going to be ready to come back sooner rather than later. But that's a really good pick. So you look at the third-round pick, Dylan Parham, and you give Dave Ziegler two thumbs up. So I don't really have to spend too much time with that. Fourth-round pick, Zamir White, running back out of Georgia. Well, there's still some questions, right? I mean, he didn't do a whole lot in year one. That's because Josh Jacobs wouldn't come off the field. He literally carried the rock 17 times. So you can't really judge him based off the rookie year. And I was excited about what he brings to the table this second year and thought, okay, he's going to be a nice one-two punch with Josh Jacobs. And I still believe that he probably will be put into that role, but he's got to run better than he did in, in the preseason. He did okay in preseason game number one, a lot better in preseason game number two, and then the preseason game number three against the Cowboys only carried the rock three times for three yards and didn't look like he was really running hard downhill, you know, just – uh, ankle tackles, and he was going down. So, Samir White, I think that the jury's still out on him. Again, it's really hard to judge him based off of 17 carries in one year. Uh, Josh Jacobs had a phenomenal year, so you can't really say that, well, you know, Zamir White's not very good. No, Josh Jacobs is great, and Josh Jacobs just wouldn't come off the field. So, I think this is a big prove-it year for Zamir White. I don't know how much Josh Jacobs' role changes this year. Uh, there was something that Josh McDaniel said to us on Sunday when we met with him. Uh, saying that he didn't expect Josh Jacobs' uh, role to change too much from what it was last year. And if you remember from last year, what did he do? Carry the ball 343 times? It's a whole lot of carries. If, if that's the same workload that he has in 2023, then you won't see much from Zamir White either. But I don't – I've just my gut feeling tells me Zamir White's going to be more involved than he was in 2022. So the jury's still out on him. But let's go to the other fourth-round pick, Neil Farrell Jr. After one year – with the Raiders. And I respect Dave Ziegler for this. After one year, realized it wasn't going to work. And he traded him. Now, he traded him to the Chiefs, who are waiting on Chris Jones to, to return to the team. He's working on a contract uh, situation and wants to get that contract extension. And the Chiefs aren't, aren't budging right now. So, uh, the Raiders traded Neil Farrell Jr. in division to the Chiefs for a six-round pick. So, a former fourth-round pick goes for a six-round pick. That's not a very good return on investment. And that just kind of lets you know that, all right, that was, a, that was a bad pick. So that's unfortunate because, again, that's something that we've talked about quite a bit throughout the course of the offseason and leading into training camp. What's Neil Farrell Jr.? What's Matthew Butler going to do? They didn't really do much their rookie year. Maybe they could step up and all of a sudden play a bigger role their second year. Now all of a sudden you've got more depth in that defensive tackle room. Well, it didn't work out. Neil Farrell, and like I said, I respect Dave Ziegler for just saying this isn't going to work. He's not the guy. He's not the right fit. It was a bad pick. Let's try to get something for him. When you trade a guy like that and get a six-round pick in return, you're basically saying, whatever I can get for this guy is good because I'm about to release him. So clearly he was on his way out, and I didn't think that that was going to be the case for Neil Farrell Jr. or Matthew Butler, especially after being drafted by this staff uh, just a year ago. I figured they would have a little bit more time to develop, and I say they because not only did Neil Farrell Jr. get traded to the Chiefs for a six-round pick, Matthew Butler got waived. <laughs> 
a former fifth-round pick. So the two defensive tackles that Dave Ziegler drafted in 2022 are no longer on the team, right? And we've got to keep that same energy. We talk about, you know, the, the previous staff with John Gruden and Mike Mayock and all the guys that are no longer on the roster and even guys that are continuing to get released across the league that John Gruden and Mike Mayock, uh, you know, they drafted originally. So if we're going to keep that energy, we've got to keep that energy for Dave Ziegler. Those two picks were bad picks. Right, And I know he only had a handful. He had six picks in 2022. Two of the guys aren't on the team. right? So that's, those are bad picks. It's just straight up. And at least he was able to get something for Neil Farrell Jr., even though the return on investment wasn't great. Matthew Butler gets nothing for him, waves, waves him. Now, again, he might end up on the practice squad, and that's fine. But you still know that that's not a very good pick. And he was a guy that was on the roster last year and didn't do a whole lot of nothing. Now you know why he did a whole lot of nothing. And you know why he's got waved because, again, he's just not – it seems like not that that fit. Thayer Munford, seventh-round pick, number 238 overall. Good player, right? Uh, he competed with Jermaine Illuminor this offseason in training camp and preseason for that right tackle spot. I would not be shocked if by the end of the season he's actually the starting right tackle, but right now he's a backup. But he's a quality backup, and he's a guy that, that they bring in in that, that uh, jumbo package, that sixth offensive lineman, uh, which is really the tight end, but he's, you know, he's, a, he's a glorified uh, blocker out there. They're not throwing passes to him. So you saw he played a role in 2022, his rookie year, I think his role will just continue to increase this year. So it looks like, as far as the trenches go, Dave Ziegler's really good at drafting offensive linemen, not so much at drafting defensive linemen. I mean, that's just, again, going off of what I've seen, that's it, right? The two offensive linemen, really good. Dylan Parham, really, really good. Thayer Munford, good so far, and I think that he has an opportunity to get better. Neil Farrell Jr., gone. Matthew Butler, gone. And then the last pick in 2022, Britton Brown, he's on IR. He's out for the season. So he didn't do hardly anything his rookie year, was really a special teams guy. Uh, he looks like a guy that, that has a little something-something to him, but if he can't get out there on the field, what can he provide? So him being on the IR now and out for the season, and again, some people think that, oh, you could bring him back after four games. No, they've got to make the initial 53-man roster, and then you've got to put him on IR if you expect him to come back. So Britton Brown's out for the year, and that's unfortunate. So when you, again, you go back and look at Dave Ziegler's draft class, it's not so hot. Now, I'll say this. He was using the previous staff's scouts, right? It's not like him and Josh McDaniels and company and Champ Kelly and company had time to come in and, and uh, you know, uh, deploy their own scouts out there and, and say, okay, this is what we're looking for as far as talent. These are the kind of guys that we want to add to the roster. So they really were just kind of flying by the seat of their pants, right? They got in in, in late January, you know, when they, got, when they got hired. So they were already behind the eight ball. And then the big move that they made was Devontae Adams. So that was a good move. Parham was a good move, and Thayer Munford was a good move. Zamir White, question still out. Neil Farrell Jr., no. Matthew Butler, no. Britton Brown, jury's still out because he's injured, and now that's two years that really nothing from Britton Brown. So uh, it's not looking good for Dave Ziegler's first draft class, but again, now in this year, 2023, these are their scouts. This is their ideologies, right? Okay, what are you looking for in a Raider? What kind of player are you looking for? Now that's what they went out and got. At least that's what they told us that they got. And so I have high hopes for this draft class, especially Tyree Wilson. I think he's going to be a real special player. I think Michael Mayer is going to be a special player. Uh, you know, Byron Young, I'm excited to see what he could bring to the table. Of course, Ja'Korian Bennett, I think he has a possibility of being a good player. Trey Tucker, I think that that speed that they, uh, you know, they brought in with him, that could play a major role. Amari Bernie, a guy that made the 53-man roster as a six-round pick. Linebacker out of Florida. He looks like he could be pretty good. Nesta Jade Silvera, a defensive tackle, seventh-round pick. 
made the roster. He made just enough, uh, you know, noise in, in training camp and preseason to justify a spot. And that's what I kind of talked about with him on a Tuesday's show is that I think that he's done enough to catch people's attention. So if they tried to waive him and put him on either the practice squad or tried to get him to clear waivers, that someone would have picked him up. So I, I'm, I don't blame the Raiders for keeping Nesta Jade Silvera around because, again, he did make just enough noise in training camp and preseason to get different people's attention and different organizations' attention. So we'll see. We'll have this conversation about the 2023 draft class uh, probably at the you know at this time next year. Maybe two years from now, and and look, even next year at the at this time next year, I'll look back at, at Dave Ziegler's first draft class and say, okay, where's Dylan Parham at, at this point? Where's Thayer Mumford at at this point? Has Zamir White stepped up yet? Is Britton Brown a, a you know is he anybody at this point? Right? I mean, that's 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 all we can do is continue to see how it goes, and, and you're you're judged off of off of your selections, your draft class. That's what it's always going to be. The last staff is still being judged by their guys that they drafted, and you know I give them credit for the guys that they selected that were really good, like Max Crosby and Hunter Renfro and Nate Hobbs and, and guys like that. But you know we criticize them heavily for the Alex Leatherwoods and you know the the um, the Damon Arnetts. And the you know the other guys, the guys that are no longer on the team, the Tanner Muse, the By- Byron Edwards, the the Lynn Bowden Juniors, right? Those guys that are no longer on the squad, you know, you got to criticize Jonathan Abram, right? Cleve Furl, got to talk bad about not bad about him, but got to talk about those guys as misses. So if you're gonna have that energy for Gruden and company, you got to have that same energy for Dave Ziegler and company. There is one move that I'd like to see the Raiders go out there and make, and I talked about this on Tuesday show, and this is how we'll wrap up segment number two. I mentioned that there was a chance that the Raiders could potentially try to make a trade with the Eagles to go get Nicholas Morrow. Well, according to Jeff McClain from the Philadelphia Inquirer, Nicholas Morrow was actually waived by the Eagles on Tuesday for their cutdowns, and he said this is a surprising move. Morrow was projected to start at weak side linebacker for the Eagles, coming off a career-high 116 tackles across 17 games with the Bears in 2022. Philly lost a couple key linebackers to free agency, which is why the 28-year-old was presumably going to see a significant role right away, but that is ultimately not the case. It's unlikely he'll be without a team for too long. I would love to see this staff, who was pretty high on Nicholas Morrow, and he left to Chicago to go get that free agency money, they're pretty high on him. I would love to see them bring him back and really kind of bolster up that uh, that linebacking room. Right now, they have Robert Spillane. They have Divine Diablo, Amari Bernie, Curtis Bolton, who we know is a special teamer, but you know showed a little something-something during preseason, and Luke Masterson. Those are the five guys they have in the linebacker room. Would love to see them pick up Nicholas Morrow and bring him back to the squad because he was, at one point, a Raider. So I think that would be a really good pickup for Dave Ziegler and company if they uh, go ahead and, and make that happen. We'll see what happens, but that would be a good pickup in my opinion. What's on your mind? Uh, let us know about it. 707-654-4693. That's the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. Your calls and texts will close out the show in segment number three of today's Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts throughout that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Only have time for a couple as it went a little bit long in segment number one and segment number two. So we'll start things off with Raider Nation for Life 420. He's calling to talk about the third preseason game and also mention Josh Jacobs and Tyree Wilson. Here he is, Raider Nation for Life 420. Good morning, Q, man. It's your boy, RN for Life 420, man. I was discussing with you until you talk about uh, Josh Jacobs and Tyree Wilson uh, Saturday's preseason game. I just want to touch base on uh, Josh Jacobs. I never, I never one time 
thought that he wasn't going to miss out, that he was going to not sign that uh, contract, man. I mean, I really believe the man didn't want to go to <laughs> training camp. I'm out here in the desert with him, though. It is it's crazy hot out here but from, from, from Arizona to Las Vegas all the way back, man. It is crazy hot. Excessive heat. I wouldn't want to go to training camp either, man. I don't blame my man, but I ain't have no, I, I never had any doubt that he was not going to sign that franchise tag. I'm glad he got his money. As far as, uh, how we go, man, you know what? I, I think he's going to be something, man. I, I watched his, I'm looking at him. I could tell he's not in football shape. You know, I'll give him a few weeks. He's definitely not in full football shape, but he got a good drive, man. I can see he wants to play. The way he, the way he looked out there, he wants to play. He wants to be on the field. Give him a few weeks, man. He's going to be a monster, man. I'd say by week six, somewhere around there, we'll start hearing more more from Tyree. Uh, overall, as far as that preseason game, I wasn't expecting no kind of no kind of superstar, no kind of big plays coming. Third, fourth stringers out there. Um, I did like what I've seen from the um, the big boy uh, uh, right tackle, uh, I forget his name, from Arkansas. Uh, I like what I've seen from them, but other than that, I'm not surprised what I've seen. I mean, I wasn't looking for them to throw up no big numbers or something. As long as Aiden did, you know, at least average, he did okay. Overall, I'm happy with the preseason. Now, it's time to get down to the donkey because I can't stand them. All right, too, man. You have a good one, man. Love your show. Later. Later. Thank you for the call, my man. And as far as Jacobs goes, I didn't expect him to miss any time either. Right. I'm glad he made it back in time when he did to start preparing for Denver. I think he'll be ready to go. I think you'll see him get a good 15 carries at least against Denver. He always has really good games against Denver. And I think the more times you give Josh Jacobs the ball, the more he's ready to go. So even though he might not be 100 percent in football shape, I think he'll be ready to go against the Denver Broncos. And look, that's a big game. Game number one. The Denver Broncos wanted the Raiders. The Denver Broncos got the Raiders. Now the Raiders need to go and give them that smoke, right? Say, all right, you wanted us, you got us. Here you go. As far as Tyree Wilson, he's clearly not in football shape either. You saw signs of what the Raiders saw when they decided to draft him at number seven overall. You just hope that he continues to develop. I don't know what kind of uh, snap count he'll be on versus Denver, but as long as he doesn't have any setbacks, I'm expecting about 15 to 20 snaps from him at least against Denver as he played in 13 snaps in preseason game number three, his first action since November. So if he can do 13 snaps against the Cowboys, I think 20 against Denver should be very realistic. So uh, Raider Nation for Life 420, thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. Up next is a text from Assassin Ghost. He says, hey Q, the Assassin Ghost here. Quick question. Have you watched the Bustin' with the Boys interview with McDaniels? I really enjoy him explaining the Colts situation because people bash him over it, but we never got his side of the story. What are your thoughts on it? That's Assassin Ghost. And no, I haven't got to check that out yet. I will, though, by the end of the weekend. So on Monday, uh, maybe I'll have some good nuggets to, to bring take away from that podcast and, and let you know what I think about it. Uh, I just got caught up in radio show after radio show after radio show after radio show. So I haven't had time to check it out. But I uh, did play the little soundbite about him you know, being accountable for the Raiders' losses and, and the struggles that they had in, uh, in 2022. Played that in segment number one. So I'll, I'll make sure to check out that, that podcast and that interview sometime this weekend. Thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from King Raider out of Compton, California. He's calling to talk about people who say preseason doesn't matter and talks about the potential of the offense as well. Here he is, King Raider from Compton, Cali. Hey, what's up, Q? It's your boy King Raider out here in Compton, California. Quick call. Just a couple things I want to touch on. The fact that people say that the preseason doesn't matter, it kind of bugs me because 
where else are you going to see if these guys cut it or not? I mean, I know it's backups against backups in the preseason, but that's how you cut your, cut your roster down is by seeing them play in the preseason. I mean, or else how are we going to see how is the coaches going to see what they're really working with if they don't have those couple games to at least um, try them out, you know? Um, that's why I'm not really upset on that last game with the Cowgirls because um, obviously we put on there like our third, fourth stringer guys, those guys that were weren't really decided on yet, and they kind of made their decision on their own. They didn't go out there and put the effort the other guys were putting. So, you know, most of those guys won't be cut. So that's why the preseason is, is very important in my eyes. Is um, who's gonna make it? Who's not gonna cut it? You know, what are we working with? And the only reason why I think uh, AO4, that's what I'm going with for Aiden O'Connell. AO4 was playing on that third preseason game was um, just to get more reps on there, you know. So he's he's ready in case of emergency break for last and throw him in there. Cause I don't think we're gonna be throwing Brian Hoyer in there. That's for sure. Um, at that Josh Jacobs side, that means that our offense could be really, I'm not going to say elite, but it's going to be able to do something. It's going to move the ball. It's going to get first downs. It's going to get some points. And with that being said, the offense being able to put up some points, if our starting defense plays with the same effort that these guys were playing in the preseason, boy, we might be in for a treat. We might be in for a treat, you know what I'm saying? Um. You know, I'm just trying to be really optimistic. When the offseason was going on, you know how I was feeling about Jimmy G and PX and this and that. But like I said, that's why the preseason helped. You got to see what these guys are made of, or sort of, you know. And um, I'm feeling a little better. Feeling good. I'm not going to get no, no schedule predictions or anything like that, but I think we could be in for a treat. I think it could be better than expected. Thank you. Keep doing your thing. Congrats on the five years. I've been listening for maybe about two. You know, a long time. You know, keep on. Keep on. One love. Merry Nation. Just one, dude. Thank you so much for the call, my man. And, yeah, I think preseason matters. You know, I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. I sure don't think the wins-loss matters. I think the way that you come about the wins and losses definitely matters. It helps evaluate where the team is at times, especially where their depth. And we saw – the Raiders and their lack of depth in that preseason game number three against the Cowboys. It just wasn't as deep as you'd like it to be. And that's what Dave Ziegler's job is, is to continue to put talent in the cupboard. So if the first stringers aren't out there, fine. Second stringers step up. If the second stringers aren't out there, fine. Third stringers step up. Look, the Cowboys had their third and fourth stringers out there as well, and they dominated that game. So that's why when the people say it doesn't matter, it's just the third and fourth stringers, okay, but you play who's out there. And the Raiders just weren't able to match up. And I'm not trying to be overcritical about it. I just was hoping to see a little bit more from them, especially off of what I've seen out of training camp with my own eyes and the first couple preseason games. Really want that defense to take a step forward and to see the Cowboys kind of bully them the way they did, that was a little disappointed. So uh, thank you so much for that call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Got time for one more text. We'll take this text from Bobby G., Hey Q, Bobby G, the Florida Raider here, first time caller, long time listener. Love what you and Ari do. Can't sleep without the Lockdown Raiders podcast. I pretty much agree with your preseason 53 man roster picks. Only difference that I had was teamer stays for special teams. I had Bolden over McCormick over Damian Williams just because Williams low carries and Koontz. 
Hope they will keep for experience. I do agree. Hooper should go. Thanks for all that you do. Respect and go Raider Nation. And that's Bobby G from uh, the Florida Raider. And, hey, man, it looks like you were on, right? You you were on. And I, I knew Curtis Bolton and Roderick Teamer. I didn't feel good about releasing those guys because I knew that they are big special teams aces. And that's what we were talking about on Tuesday. So both of those guys stick on the team. They have those special teams traits. Uh, and Bolden did stay over McCormick and Damian Williams. And Coon stayed as well. So you were pretty much spot on. I should have what I should have done, Bobby G. Is called you. It was like, hey man, how should we break down this fifty-three man roster? Come on, let's collaborate on it. And I wrote, I would have hit on more. I didn't do bad, right? I think I did pretty good. I didn't do as bad as I actually thought that I was going to do. But you were spot on. So all those that you uh, you picked right there uh, were good calls on your part. So uh, Bobby G, thanks for the text. I appreciate you. Thanks for being a first time texter, and uh, don't let it be the last one, man. We definitely appreciate hearing from you. So that's what I got time for on today's show. Coming up tomorrow, got a call from Mark from Toronto, Canada. I got a text from uh, Cash Money Raider, Raider Myth with a call. I got all that, plus we'll have more news and notes. We'll talk to head coach Josh McDaniels. We're supposed to talk to Josh Jacobs as well. I'm not sure what time that's going to be, McDaniels will be at 11 o'clock at the Intermountain Health Performance Center, so I'll be there for that. If Josh Jacobs isn't right after him, I won't be because then uh, the the players are actually going to talk around 145. But I've kind of been tipped off that maybe Josh Jacobs and Josh McDaniels are going to speak with us at the same time, which would be great. So hopefully that happens. If not, I won't be in attendance for the players because they don't talk to 145. And as you know, my radio show starts at 2 p.m. Pacific time, so that's not going to work. But... Whatever it is, we'll bring it to you. Any of the good stuff that we get uh, from uh, from later on today, we'll definitely uh, bring to you, and we'll put it here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. More importantly, as always, just win, baby. <laughs>